welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Um, I, I'm excited about the message that we have today in our series that faith is, and today's message is faith is hope-filled. And um, I think we've all experienced uh, times when we've been away from home and we've looked forward to being somewhere um, to come on home. I, I'm wondering, all the college kids that came home early, I knew they were looking forward to a good home-cooked meal, but I don't know what it's like now six, five or six weeks into this thing if everyone's happy to be home. But you know that feeling if you've been in the military just to get home, if you've been on a job somewhere protracted just to get home. And the Word of God today tells us that faith is hope-filled, and I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 or chapter 6 and we're going to follow along there. But before we do, and uh, I have something, uh, if you could hand it to me, it's right behind you there, if you could hand it to me. I, I, want, to, I want to tell you a story that's, that absolutely, just this, that absolutely illustrates hope. Now I know this is dangerous when I hold something up and ask what is in this box. Um, but let me tell you what's in this box, and it sort of epitomizes hope. How many can recognize this even at a distance? How many? Yeah, this is a fishing reel, and there's a story behind this particular one. This, this particular one was um, fairly expensive in its day, and... Um, uh, we took our grandchildren on vacation uh, about four years ago, and they all wanted to go fishing in the salt water, and I took my boat, and, and I took one reel for every, each one of them, a saltwater reel, and lo and behold, this reel came up, and it, it broke, and so one of them couldn't go fishing, and uh, what's that like if you're the one kid out of three kids, cousins, and you can't go, and everyone else can go, so... Uh, I called the real repair shop where they sell this particular brand, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, sir, uh, that reel ain't worth fixing. Just throw it away, and I'll sell you another one, i.e. expensive one. If you know me, that's not a good option. I like to fix things up, if particularly something that's good that is built to last a lifetime. And so I found uh, someone else. I got some inside information. And they said he's the best, in, he's, one of, he's a man that's known worldwide, and he specializes in fixing reels. They said, but he is so busy, but this is what we recommend. You be there at 6 o'clock in the morning, and maybe he'll wait on you. So I took my little grandson at that time with his baseball cap, and he barely stood above the, the counter and as I went in, and, and he's staring in wide-eyed wonder at the wall behind him with all these fishing reels and rods because the boy loves to fish. And, and we, uh, I asked the man, I said, sir, could you fix this fishing reel? And he looked at me, and he said, I'm so sorry. He said, I can fix it. 
but I can't fix it now. I have a three to four month backup of fishing reels for high dollar fishing captains and, and every, everything that I'm doing has to be focused on that. And he said, but let me see what your reel is. And I handed it to him. He said, oh, that's a pen spin fisher 5,500. They're really good reels. He said, if you can wait, he said, I know exactly what's wrong with it. He said, can you wait just a few minutes? And I said, of course. And the man took my reel. He went into a room. He came back a few minutes later. He handed the reel to me and he said, sir, he said, your reel is fixed and it's now better than the original. And I thanked him for the reel and my little grandson broke out into the biggest grin and those big brown eyes are staring at him. And I said to him, sir, what do I owe you? And listen to this. He said, you don't owe me a thing, uh, Grandpa. He said, all that he said, payment enough is you just go fishing with your grandson. That's all I need. And you know what he said? And he went on to say this. He said, I'm all about fixing things rather than throwing things away. And friends, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we come to a heavenly father that is all about fixing things rather than throwing away and getting something brand new. Can someone say amen? Thank you, Lord. Toot your horn, flash your lights, whatever you want to do. Praise his name. Amen. There you go. All right. So this is what the writer to the Hebrews said, and I want to read this. And by the way, you can follow along uh, on version. go to more, go to events, and then the, uh, then the notes come up, or not the notes, but the, the text and the outline. And so the writer to the Hebrews said this. He said, he said, I'm convinced for you, Hebrews. He said, you're going through a tough time right now. And we're going through some times with COVID-19 that a lot of us are just being squeezed and being housebound or the constrictions that we have. And, and, and just there's a lot, sometimes there's a lot of fear. But he said, I'm convinced of you that God has better days, better things, a better future for you. And he goes on to talk about the hope that God has given to us that's an anchor for the soul of everyone that puts their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, this is what he said, friends. He said, he said that these are things that belong to salvation. We have a wonderful church with people with generous hearts. We have foster parents and adoptive parents and good families and people that just take other people in. And one of the things I know of every child that's been brought into a home, they've come into a home that has something better for them and then the situation where they found themselves. There are things that belong to your salvation and my salvation that belong to the household of faith. And the, the writer to the Hebrews said this. He said, that God, first of all, there's three things. God does not forget your love and devotion. For God is not so unjust as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name and having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Friends, I want you to know today 
that if you love Jesus Christ, if you have served him and you've served him faithfully and you've been obedient to the Lord and you've said yes to the Lord, the scripture declares that God is a just God and he remembers your good work and your devotion and your love for God. Can someone say praise God? Amen. I I qualify for that. How about you? Yes. That's the promise that we have in God this morning that we have a hope that is strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord says this, that he said, so be diligent to make your hope sure. The writer said, so don't be lazy but through faith and patience inherit the promise of the Lord. And I I just want to encourage us during this time when things have sort of slowed down and yet speeded up at the same time that you find that place where you can pray. This is a time to redo your time with God. This is a time when you can draw close to the Lord and God will crawl close to you. In fact, In fact, the word of the Lord says, don't be envious of the unrighteous, for surely there is a future hope for you, and you will not be cut off. Just think of it for a moment. You and I have been born again to a living hope. Can someone say praise God? You and I have been home born to a living hope from, we like to say, from cradle to the grave. And you say, Pastor Paul, what do you mean, cradle to the grave? What I mean is this, God's word says we've been born again to a living hope, but we also have a blessed hope. How about that? I call that cradle to the grave. Born again right now, but one way we're gonna, one day we're going to see him face to face and live forever in the Lord. Praise his name. The second thing I want to I want to share with you this morning that lets us know why we have this hope that fills our heart. Not only have we been born again to a living hope, and not only does God not forget our work and our devotion and our love for him, but he says this. He said, I will surely bless and multiply you. He said that to Abraham. And when God made the promise to Abraham, this is Hebrews 6, 13 and 14, Since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. I like those odds. How about you? I love those odds. God says to the descendants of Abraham and to Abraham, I will surely bless you, and I will multiply you. You might say, Pastor Paul, well, I don't know. I'm going through a tough time right now. I don't know. I don't feel I'm being blessed or multiplied. I just encourage you to take the long view. Do you prefer knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or do you you prefer before Christ? Do you prefer the security and the love and the faith and the hope that fills our heart and the peace and those things that belong to salvation? Or would you rather live without those things? That To me, that's called blessing. How about you? To me, that's called multiplication. That's what the Lord does. I, I want to read a card to you. Uh, several, several of you know Pete and Denise. They have served the Lord um, for for faithfully for so long. I just love them. They epitomize folks at Grace. And Pete recently went through a neck surgery with, uh, it, it's I, I, I'm, not anything I want to go through. 
it was their screws and plates in his neck and uh, she writes, Pete and I want to thank you all for all of your prayers during Pete's surgery. As doctor after doctor came into pre-op last week and started telling us what they were there for, fear, fear started to grip my heart, even though I knew Pete was covered with prayer. As I walked into the waiting room, the peace of God just came all over me. I knew that the prayers of God's people would bring us through. We can't thank you enough. There's nothing like the family of God. We love you all so much. Blessing to each and every one of you. And I say to Pete and Denise, praise God, they're experiencing the things that belong to salvation. There no one else or no other place is found except in that place in the family of God, when God reaches down through faith in Jesus Christ. Part of the redemption story, when God spoke to Abraham, I will bless and multiply you, he also said it to his descendants. That's why Jeremiah could say in Jeremiah 29, 11, that, that, that I know the future that I have for you, a future to give you a hope and a future and this hope, God's word says, friends, is based upon the character of God. The writer Hebrews said, first of all, God doesn't forget. How many know that good people don't forget you? People who are use you, they forget you. They use you, they throw you away. They, you're only good for a season and they can walk on by and that's it. But good people never forget you. And when God said, I will bless and multiply you, he remembers those things. It's part of his redemption plan of salvation and deliverance and healing, security. Salvation is simply the beginning of the blessings of God on our life. And God's word says that all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen with me? Praise God. God is good this morning. The third thing I want to share with you is this. We possess this hope. It's a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. In the same way, God desiring more to show the heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with the hope, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. What we know is this, that the hope that we have in Jesus Christ is not just a hope that's in our heart. It's not just a hope because our mommy and daddy told us about it. It's not just a hope because our Sunday school teacher taught us about it. It's not just a hope because faithful pastors have told us about it. It is that. That's here for right now. But the hope that we have goes into the very holy of holies where God is, where Jesus Christ, the great high priest, sits forever and ever, and he ever lives to make intercession for you and me, where we have accessed and come with all of our needs, we come to the Lord. Also, Romans tells us this, that 
trials that we have produce character and they produce endurance, but it also produces a hope. So what, if you're going through a difficult time right now and you say, Pastor, I don't feel God's blessing. I don't feel God's multiplication. How many of you know when the master maker has to do something in the real, he's got to take it apart first. He can't fix what's broken on the inside by just looking at it. He has to take that thing apart. And often God allows us to go through some things and he's taking us apart from the inside so that God can do a work in our heart that will produce endurance and patience and hope. And Paul wrote this and that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Can someone say praise God? Thank you, Lord, for your great love today. The psalmist wrote that he said, I could trust in horses and I could trust in armies, but they're not strong enough for the hope I need. Some of us could say we've trusted in the stock market or we've trusted in a job, we've trusted in an employer, we've trusted in someone and they forgot us, they used us up, they threw us away. They're not strong enough for the hope that we need. But the psalmist went on to say this, but God is our hope, praise his name. And I want to end with this this morning. Abraham, the scripture says, when God told him that his wife, who was 90, was going to have a child, and from him all the, bless, all the people of the earth would be blessed, Abraham looked at her, at Sarah. He looked at himself, 100 years old, and he said, there's just no way that can happen. But God's word says this, that Abraham, in against all hope, in hope, believed God and he obtained the promise. And I want to encourage you today. You might be in a situation and you feel that you're, there's no hope. All, everything is against you. That's called against hope. That's a great place to be as a believer and a child of God because God has not forgot you. God has a promise to you that he will bless you. He will multiply you. But he says to us, Sometimes we got to believe when all hope is against us, but in hope, against hope, we believe you, Lord. And through diligence and patience, the Lord allows us to claim the promise he's given to us. Can someone pray, praise God this morning that there's a hope that we have in Jesus Christ? Finally, the word of God says this, Romans 12, be joyful in hope patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. That levels the playing field for all of us. Praise his name. Praise God. I want to pray for you right now. Pastor Bobby's going to come. He's going to lead us in communion as I pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we love you today. We love you for your promises. We love you for your word that we stand on. We love you, Lord, that you said you would bless us, that we serve a God of character who will not forget us. And Lord, we love you that you've put a hope as an anchor in this soul that will weather all the billows and the storms of life and enters into the very throne room of God. We praise you this morning for it, Jesus. We love you now. I ask for every person here, Lord, that you would flood our heart with faith and with hope. We would be joyful in hope. We would be steadfast in prayer. In Jesus' strong name I pray, amen. God bless you. We love you today. God bless you. Amen.